You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. What's cracking, people? Y'all ready? Let's go. This beat make me feel like a cut. This beat me feel like a cut. This make me feel like a cut. sexual subjects you are listening to a broadcast of the cunt cast podcast a conversation with a classily characterized cunt that's me carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation that's sex and i'm your host najalery and i am joined with uh my favorite person possibly in this hemisphere mr aaron rand freeman how you doing i'm doing all right I am predictably profoundly tired, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. That is that is how I've been. Um, it's been a minute um, between recordings, and that is the update. Uh, yeah, profoundly um, tired. and I I will say like sorry, but like not sorry because um, just imagine me gesturing wildly to everything. Right. That was the reason. I mean, so, any yeah. and all delays in anything have the same reason. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, do, I feel, I'm trying to feel that wave of relief that others have been telling me I'm supposed to be feeling. Because, uh, you know, it's the opposite of 2016, and we're all supposed to be like uh, that scene from The Wiz when they're all happy because the witch is dead. And they're singing and dancing and it's great. But like, I don't feel like that. (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not, it's better. It's better. I kind of feel like, ah, now we get back to regular racism and stigma. Right. That's what I mean. Is like, we've now, we're now normalizing to just a standard set of dread as opposed to um, kind of like the end times dread we're now normalizing back to bog standard dread which is still terrible and very stressful yeah and and i mean the pandemic isn't going away um oh the pandemic came back the pandemic after it my favorite part was that um the pandemic like a um, horror movie did something good but then proceeded to remind us all that it's a horror movie character so remember yeah. when um, Donald Trump got COVID and we were all kind of waiting for the president to die a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I was scolded by someone uh, for for saying it would be very poetic if this is is what kills him, uh, even if it isn't while he's in office. But like this is what gets him, and I was like, oh, that is horrible. You cannot wish him to be dead, even your worst enemy. And I was like, uh, yeah, you can. Who told you you can't? Let me guess. Your worst enemy? <laughs> like, who, why do we fall for this? Unending kindness is, um, is, uh, mental health as taught by your oppressor. 
a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Like as a whore, um, <laughs> I kind of feel like, uh, what I thought was my worst nightmare came true. And then my other worst nightmare came true to fix the first nightmare. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Is that like a Freddy versus Jason type deal? Yeah. Or, so, that, or is that movie where the uh, grudge, the grudge kid um, and the ring woman were in the same movie. You remember that one? I have seen it, but I did not. I wasn't making memories that day. Cause it, I was, it was a little chemically imbalanced, if you know what I mean. I'm spoiling the movie. Chokey, chokey, choke. I'm making a marker. I'm spoiling the movie immediately. Because my favorite part of the movie, my favorite part of the movie, my favorite part of the entire movie, it's my favorite horror movie. It's top five, actually. For a very good reason. The entire movie is somebody being haunted by the grudge kid and somebody else being haunted by the ring woman. And then they both get the idea that if they pit them against each other, then they will cancel each other out. Then they spend all that time Why? getting them both in the wrong place, right? But then they do. They kind of like they like have like a little bit of a tussle, and then I believe they merge into one big demon <laughs> and in the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, right, because this entire your entire um your entire response was hinged on possibly the most ridiculous idea I've seen in terms of dealing with a horror movie monster. I've experienced and it worked out predictably bad. And as a result, I love it because they were like, this is the two people were like, folks were like, this is, this is, um, this is a pretty silly idea. And then, um, whoever, you know, it, it followed the silly idea to its natural conclusion in that everyone is fucked. I appreciate that. You but should. what made them think that that was going to be a solution to any problem. I assume it was the Godzilla. I assume it was the Godzilla Mech Godzilla problem, where if you have, um, if you have one problem with a giant monster, if you have another giant monster, they will, um, they were, they will cancel each other out. So if you have Mothra and Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla, they will all three of them will kill each other, and then you won't have a giant monster problem anymore. Um, I understand that you are confused, and if you're listening, you're confused. But we're also very much a country where enough of us believe that if you give enough people COVID, we'll develop a herd immunity. Not understanding what herd immunity is, and then repeating it, we have elected officials who yeah. swear by the concept of herd immunity, not understanding what herd immunity is. I think they understand. We just um have to make peace that some of our elected officials just think I should be dead, and people that like me can't survive covid should just be dead and the world would be better off for it uh yes uh, crip the vote <laughs> hashtag crip the vote but yeah it is uh, it is exhausting <laughs> but that that is actually a pretty pretty good summary of how i felt about the election because, yes, I, I definitely wanted Donald Trump to be defeated, but I'm not, like, super enthused about, you know, the president-elect, especially not the vice president-elect. <sighs> Sith Commander. Like, good job getting rid of Sesta Fosta when its biggest supporter is now the freaking vice president of the United States. 
Well, the, um, there, um, I'm going to say that we can rely on a heavy pull left just on principle because we were so, we are, we now have a country that we all, we were almost, we almost fell directly into the pit of fascism and we have 70 million people who are okay with fascism. So there will be a natural pull to the left. Uh, going forward i'm not going to say it's not going to pull us back to the, on the left don't like whores either right <laughs> that's the problem right so we uh, have a we have um we have a protestable government if that makes sense which i'm just saying this as we almost didn't <laughs> you know what i mean where it was like it was almost to the point where you know you we were almost at the point where protesting could have been rendered illegal and that could have just you know protesting could have gotten you killed as opposed to we we now have a, pro- a protestable government yeah. So it's well, if not, like I said, uh-huh. I, I, like I said, the bar is off the ground. It's I mean, a- I definitely saw how bad it got. Uh, so, uh, ev- the UN Human Rights Council does a thing every couple of years called the um, Universal Periodic Review um, on Human Rights, and every country is supposed to go there and be held accountable for whatever human rights. Uh, violations that they're doing um and i watched the united states on the 9th of october go through their review and you had all these people uh, officials from homeland security and um ice and basically saying like yes we totally have separated children and we have people in cages but they're the best cleanest cages uh (laughs) Yeah, Guantanamo Bay is still operational and we don't plan on closing it, but like it's just as good as any other military prison. And uh, sure, yeah, we are using militarized police to um, take out protesters, but you know, we have to protect people and property. Uh, So, hey, we're the United States, we're good. Uh, so that was a, a smiling face. Um, so uh, I've been working with a group of other sex worker rights, trans rights, um, and different kinds of activists that are trying to uh, hold the U.S. accountable for how they treat sex workers, migrants, trans people, people of color. And we reached out to, you know, couple hundred countries well a couple hundred but um like over 100 countries and we didn't really get a straightforward recommendation acknowledging sex worker rights and i get that a lot of the countries they only had 58 seconds to give a recommendation to the united states which again i think you know how meaningful can you really take another country to task on human rights if you only have 58 seconds to make your case. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I re- the most pressing thing seemed to be, you know, the United States joining the worldwide community and signing Paris Accords, stopping the death penalty, um, the and preserving sexual health and sexual freedom for women and girls. But they didn't explicitly include sex workers. So I, I 
I'm kind of licking my wounds from that because that was 18 months in the making Jesus. <laughs> to get nowhere. <laughs> well, not nowhere because, um, you know, in doing that organizing and planning, it was it was a big learning experience. So I kind of feel more like I would like feel uncomfortable if somebody called me an activist before. But now I'm like, OK, like I've, I've done enough of these. <laughs> I guess you could call me yeah. an activist. You've been one I for have years. some activism. Yeah, you've been doing this for years. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that that imposter syndrome though. <laughs> well, I always ask people, well, who who is the person that you're ta- who is the person whose place you're stealing? Like what do they look like? Like it's almost like having a customer profile. Like who is this person whose place you're stealing? And what do they what do they look like? What do they do? What do they do something drastically different than you? And if not, then yeah, <laughs> that's you all. I think just... of, like there's got to be a more activisty activist than, than right. me, right? And you guys <laughs> go, well, what do they? What does an activisty activist actually look like? Like, what are they actually doing? Well, the thing that I've learned is that the people that look like our idea of activisty activists always have some shit that come out about them. <laughs> so is the uh, Jean Kings of the world? Uh, then that like put on the activist suit that checks all the marks that like signal activism without like doing activism. Right. So also I realized that uh, we don't really know what the activists look like because they're out active, like doing shit. (laughs) You don't really have time to talk about it. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm on a podcast talking about it, Um, but I'm also trying to do stuff. So I guess that's part of it. Like, I feel like the people are doing the most aren't talking about it, but I do talk about it. So I'm like, Oh no, my bad. Well, I mean, you, I mean, like, how often do you talk about it? How, I mean, I mean, you, this is the first time you've mentioned it directly on the program in 52 episodes of the show for the record. Just, just letting you know, you've mentioned it once. I mean, I've, I've kind of mentioned things like when we are having like, um, events or right. I try to hype people's fundraiser, but I don't think I've ever been right. like, this you've is never, my activism. Exactly. You've never put that, you've never put that on, you've never put that name tag on ever. Just saying, like, if you're worried about talking about it, you've mentioned it the first time in the history of this program. Um, I've heard you actually, and probably first time knowing you, you've actively put the name tag on. So uh-huh. you're fine. I'm just going to say, if you're worried uh-huh. about these things, um, you're you're I'm worried about all the things all the time. Okay, well, then it's just uh, you focus on what you are actual, what you what you have objectively done. Because worrying about all the things, it's like you just you just have to keep going with what you believe in. Don't obstruct other people and don't send it yourself. And if you're not doing that, then you're pretty much doing well, even if you can't quite put a finger on exactly what you're doing. If you don't feel comfortable mm. with it, so yeah. <laughs> So I do like I feel bad because like there's been a break between these episodes and like sometimes I come and we do this episode and like I can't I don't feel like I'm being as entertaining as I used to be but like there was some fascism and I didn't really feel funny. Well, <laughs> it was really hard. Uh I think uh, we're we're not we're not I mean it is entertaining but podcasts are inherently like first and foremost they're personal so like they're no it's it's not we're not here we're not here exactly for humor 
as much yeah. as we are all keeping each other. I also realized um, I have, and I know it's going to be a shock to those who have regularly listened to this program. I have, admittedly, some intimacy issues. I know, I know. What? It's crazy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> some issues with intimacy. So, <laughs> trying to be that personable, uh, I'm just a friend in your head type of person does not come easy and or natural to me. <laughs> I'm still learning how to person. And I've lost the one avenue of peopling that worked for me because uh, everybody could be coded with death. <laughs> and even before that, uh, since 2016, I really haven't been up to it. There, The one uh, thing in my drafts for BlazingBitch.com is like, to to live in in fucking Donald Trump's America, and I just have one sentence like I don't wanna. <laughs> I mean that's, that's. I never really uh I never really got that essay finished either, <laughs> I really did not feel feel like it. And now I'm kind of like ah we got a new president now now people are gonna expect me to magically still like feel like it like I can't go back to pre. Uh, 2016 me I can't go back to I can't go back to 2008 me when I was just like down to town all the time well I don't uh, I don't think um, anyone needs to go backwards for any reason we we anyone expecting that is being unreasonable for the most part we all have to go forward we've actually all kind of had a a uniformly traumatic experience on various scales but we've all had the same traumatic experience so we all, all we can do is go forward. The person, the people that we were, for the most part, are, are dead. Yeah, and it's it's very weird or alienating to me when I come across somebody who I used to interact with a whole bunch, uh, especially like dudes, um, and they they're still treating me like two thousand eight Najela, right? Uh, which is kind of like, um days of future past storm being picked up at a bar from like golden era cyclops like it's just not gonna work uh <laughs> she's gonna want to kill him uh because everything sucks uh <laughs> so i don't well not golden era there was never really golden era x-men but you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. first run uh it is uh i was actually on a call that was for you know, like fellow sex work organizers um which is called now what it's like okay the upr happened the election happened now what like what are we doing and we kind of just have like a half hour set aside for people to just like vent and mostly it was people saying like they couldn't really deal with how happy everybody was expecting them to be mm -hmm. and i had to say like well that's okay like you don't have to be okay with it like um, I even tweeted it and got some pushback from people because I was like, hey, look, sex workers, like not all of us like are having a great time right now. We have like give us time to figure out how we feel about all this. Right. Like, this is complicated. And I, I know I had pushback even from other sex workers, which is fine because, you know, we're not a monolith. But um, we're not all. We don't feel, uh, we don't all feel that rush of relief that cities feel. <laughs> and yeah. I know even there's some cities that don't feel that rush of relief because they don't, you know, 
they wanted a, a real leftist ticket instead of this left-ish ticket. I mean, we got we got kind of like a, a McDonald's value meal, kind of like a McDonald's value meal leftist ticket. And uh, I mean, this is what we this is what we needed. And to be blunt, anyone else would not have won. We have so many races. <laughs> That we wouldn't, yeah. anyone else wouldn't. We, needed to, we would not have. We literally needed to bring in McDonald's brand Democratic Democrats, um, or else this wouldn't have happened. Like for the, I, I hear like you know for the pro, as part of the process, we needed to bring in just the most bland, just yeah. the most bland lefties humanly possible for maximum consumption, so we could have a knockdown drag out fight with racists who do not mind if we die. Yeah, and. You know, if that makes you super not horny, understandable. Listen, the the results of the election have made me ready to retire. And also, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've told people, like, I'm so ready for this white domestic terrorist cell that I'm now profiling white people. I will never make another white friend until I see white people outright fighting in the streets with each other over this shit. Because now white people went from being problematic to racist to dangerous to now extremely dangerous because we're, think, we, we're still gonna have it to is exhausting to me to have to talk to white people i interact with and like explain to them yes the proud boys they're they're, they're nazis right and now when one of the founders and our leaders of the proud boys actually goes i'm sick of saying i'm not a nazi and everybody's like oh gas shock i'm like but they, they, were they were before. Right. What are you shocked about? And I realized, like, um, I was talking to somebody uh, that I don't super enjoy, but I'm basing a character on them. So I talk to them to, like, get that character down and they don't know. Don't sue me. But uh, he's talking about how he, how it felt, to him as a white man to realize that a lot of his friends and family were racist. So it was the first time he brought home somebody who wasn't white and seeing their reactions, he's like, oh, so like all these white, nice, like nice people that I know, they're only nice to me because I also am white. Yes. And the fact that that was a revelation to him right. was uh, like off-putting to me because I'm like, white? Right. You didn't figure that out? Right. It, it it implies a level of ignorance that means I can no longer trust the way you view the world going forward in any way. And it, just, it feels like he I just like were you raised on an alternate earth with an alternate history? <laughs> like the um there is it's so it it's become so plain now that it erodes all trust, which is the problem now with interacting with white Americans, is that you don't, if you didn't know and you are still confused now, then you have so much work to do that we're never going to be able to get along intimately, like even as friends, yeah. because you're so far behind the curve that you just need to focus on yourself. Like you shouldn't be making friends. If this election cycle has stunned you, and the and the closeness of the election shocks you, then you have a lot of work to do, and you shouldn't be talking to me. 
in all of your work should be summoning up the courage to punch yeah. your cousin in the face for being an actual Trump supporter, driving around with the truck and the flags and all that nonsense. And it was very frustrating. Um, I know I'm saying this is frustrating a lot, <laughs> but uh, it pissed me off all the calls for civility. Like, well, you have to reach out the aisle to that Trump. No, no you don't. I don't. Like, you're not my dad. <laughs> Fuck you. Their platform, their platform, which the thing about it was, it's not that I don't think that this country has a lot of um, cross burning racists like that. We do. We have enough of them. We can we can field an entire like professional football, professional sports league of racists that will burn crosses and chase you around with a shotgun in the pickup truck. But the amount of people who are just shrugging, who are shrugging the our death is where the problem comes in. Huge yeah. swaths of people. That when faced with just like very direct, honest explanations of why so many people are deeply concerned, well, eh, you know, eh. those people, yeah. those people, I hate more than the racist because the racist, the, the like I said, the cross burning people with the shotguns in the truck, they've made their case, but those people who shrug at our lives, they swear they are the nicest people. And that's terrible. And I want to set them on fire. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to say like I'm more afraid of the people who were just callous towards the existence of others. But I feel like that is the basis of America's problem. And it always has been. Um, Because you'll have people that uh, would rather be nice than have like justice. <laughs> so if it if it disrupts the status quo, they're not going for it even if it would save somebody's life. Like I what I uh, I had a real shit boss once. Um when I was still in Jersey and uh he like recoiled at the idea of a trans person. Right. And I kind of looked at him like, "Well, what what's your problem?" And like he couldn't articulate it, but from what he was saying, it kind of made me feel like he's just mad at them for daring to be different. Right. Yes. <laughs> because he was told that the world was one way and their existence uh, muddles that. Yes. So he would much rather them be destroyed than change his worldview. And that is our problem. <laughs> yes. Those people are exceptionally dangerous and I deeply resent them. And if your interactions with these people um, are changed forever, then that's fine. They I kind of feel like if this moment doesn't radicalize you, I don't know what to tell you, but right. Like, so get on that shit. <laughs> right. So there's no, there's no shame in not necessarily being happy to a uh, mosh pit back into society. As Just a, because we can't, I can't imagine a socially distanced mosh pit. Well, I mean, some people are really happy and like ready to take on like take on the challenge of of COVID nineteen now that we've come together as a nation, which is just the most asinine shit. First of all, we haven't. Second of all, coming together is why we're in this mess to begin with. Hmm. Uh, which <laughs> my friend sent me like the worst meme, which was uh, if Trump thought that dead people were voting, he shouldn't have made so many dead people. <laughs> Oh, wow. But he had these rallies that were super spreader events. Like, 
those rallies killed people. And we don't, we don't as a nation have the backbone to point that out. Donald Trump is um apparently his campaign was like a was like a top five spreader. Yeah, like it was it was it was a top five spreader of coronavirus this year. Like since since like one of the like since we've um since we all like shut air quotes shut down and then opened up again, he's been responsible for the vast majority of coronavirus cases. Yeah, that's um and um the the exponential spread like. People keep on getting it in the White House. Like, that's the one place where we're supposed to keep people not sick because our government has to function. Well, air quotes function. Um, so I don't see I don't see how people think this is magically going to get fixed. Um, this is way bigger than any kind of ideology because it's, it's a, a concrete problem, as in, like, we are speeding towards a big old brick wall with coronavirus written on it. And all that's happened is somebody uh, is now in the driver's seat, but like the brick wall, we're still hurtling towards it. So. I mean, in fairness, um, Joe Biden will at least turn the wheel and hit the brakes. Even if we slam into it yeah. and like spin around and wind up bouncing off the median, like we're going like, it's much better than just careening into it and then yelling at yeah, everybody yeah. in the car when they scream, look out. He's going to like flick that switch so everybody's airbags go on, but like... Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's gonna be real bad. No, we're, yeah, no, we're going to hit the wall. Um, but, you know, it, 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 yeah. like I said, I we're, think we're, we're, easing, I, we're easing back to some type of sort of uniform competency, which... Yeah, but I don't think it's enough to get us to quote unquote normal because even though because i kind of feel like we've since we've been in in such like shit we've forgotten that the quote unquote normal is what we were protesting against <laughs> like we didn't like that either oh yeah no, that no, no, wasn't no. working for us I, either my goal so. my goal isn't normal or even my i my goal is not a um return to anything like when yeah. I when I what I want is a is competency going forward and only forward. We can't go back because back is back has been destroyed. Yes. So uh, we we are Frodo going back to the Shire uh, at the end and realizing uh, it is it is too small and too odd for us, right. and we must move on. Yeah. Um, uh, I just knowing the fact that we don't have someone who's actively trying to like, um. We have enough things in America actively trying to stagnate the populace without it having the support of the president and his gutted White House staff of syncophants and um, uh, white supremacists. So yeah. That, that, yeah. Uh, that's really like, you know, like we already have enough America is shit fodder. We just don't need it to be stamped. We don't need it to be stamped and approved of by the president of the United States. That was, that, that was a big problem. Um, yeah, like I'm not saying it wasn't a big problem. I'm just saying like now that that problem is uh, alleviated, there's like the hundred other problems. Oh yeah, no, we that can. We have yeah, no, to deal no, with. There's nothing. There's nothing. We, we can. We now have. We can now sort of kind of move yeah. forward. And I'm of. sick of being treated like I'm the Debbie Downer or I'm the bad guy for going. Um, yeah. So you caught the arsonist, but my house is still on fire. Right. I'm sick of that making me the bad person in the situation where everybody's like, oh, hush up. 
I think, well, well we are we, we are desperate for something to celebrate. Like as a person, I'll tell you right now, as as a person who is struggling through the year at this point, is what we want our wins to a person. We don't get enough of them. We don't get enough. We don't get a chance to manufacture enough of them because we tend to manufacture them socially. And yeah. we can't get them. We, we we gather around to look at things that make us happy. Um, we gather around to manufacture our wins, to meet people, to see things, to experience life together. And we yeah. can't do that. I, I kind of, in the worst way, feel a little bit like I prepared for this because I was a shut-in for a year before COVID. I mean, yes. So I'm like, not leaving the house. Yes. <laughs> Got that. Uh, but I'm still, I'm like, nothing changed for me that much. Um, but I do realize that, like, now I'm doing, like, oh, my friend would have gotten married on this day, but I had to propose the wedding. So I'm, like, making their wedding in the Sims. <laughs> like, that's, that's my solution. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is, this is, uh, some sad shit <laughs> when I, uh, look outside myself and objectively look at what my life is. It's uh, me making my friends in The Sims because that's the only way we could hang out without us dying. There's no shame in it. Uh-huh. There, one of the reasons why the being locked down, why the pandemic has tackled us so hard, is we invalidate coping mechanisms. We, I don't know if like, and if you actually like sitting down, like when the, when the pandemic first started, people were like, "I need to go out. I need to do this." I need to go to the gym. And these are all things um, that you need to do at risk of death when the other 14 things, like the same people will be like, well, online friends aren't real friends. Video games aren't a hobby. You know, the Sims aren't real. The Sims don't matter. You know what I mean? A lot of Americans undermine coping mechanisms, like in terms of options. We, We render a lot of our coping mechanisms invalid. So then we have a very small window of things that make us look, make us feel like real adults dealing with our real adult problems. And then the rest of the stuff is just literally of no value. We downplay, we poo-poo it. So pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. We um like I said, what you're doing, making sims of your friends and having them wander around is fucking fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I I made a sim of Aaron and he's having he just living his best life. Um so it's happy when I just I'm playing The Sims and I see little Aaron ran free Sim, and he's living his life and going to the strip club, falling in love, uh, dancing the night away. It's right shit we can't actually do, uh, and like sometimes I just make my Sim self go to a nice restaurant because, uh, fun fact, the last restaurant I got to go to was a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> In fairness, the ghost oh, I, of... It, it is heaven on earth. I did have the best time at Cracker right. Barrel. But as somebody who uh, was a complete foodie, like, uh, I'm not going to say snob, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> my last restaurant, di- my last dining experience was a Cracker Barrel. So how do you, like, I'm, I don't know how <laughs> to deal other than just... Uh, trying to make that the food myself or because that takes a lot of steps and I don't really like doing dishes. Uh, I just make a nice restaurant in the Sims. <laughs> and also Sim me 
to get her back blown out on the table and face no repercussion. <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe I found a good coping mechanism. In fairness, whenever we're allowed to go out and be people, um, it's going to be wild for a while. Now, I'm not saying to fuck strangers and weirdos and everything. What I'm saying is what we will allow as a society will change because, um, yeah, the pandemic has changed how we view sex in a lot of ways. So don't be surprised if you could get away with way more than you could before the plague descended on all of us. Just, I'm just leaving that I mean, on the as table. As long as I'm wearing my mask, no sneezing, we wash our hands afterwards. Right. Before yes. and after. That's right. I think you'll be able to have like your like your your fox PPE mask. <laughs> you know, you got your got your um uh, your elbow leather like your kind of like protective leather gloves, looking very elegant. It's like a full body condom. Yes. Really? Right. <laughs> Holes where you need them so you can like link up. Right. Exactly. And anybody around you will be like, oh, good for them. Yeah. Right. You have like dance tickets, but they're like fuck tickets. Yes. Like, oh, I only have five spots this evening. Should I save you one, sir? Yes. <laughs> when they when they let us out. Some weird stuff is going to go down. Yeah. Now, if you can do it safely, I fully want everyone to engage in as much weirdness as possible. As long as it can be engaged yeah, safely. Get real weird with it. Get, you deserve it. As all as I would say a vast majority of our audience is sheltering in place and being at home and being respectful and doing only leaving when they have to. So whenever you whenever we are free again, get as weird as safely as humanly possible. We won't judge here. We'll be getting weird, yeah. too. I fully expect it. I, I, I mean, I don't know how weird I'm going to get because I had to move back in with my parents, so... It's fine. If I can travel, if I can travel, we'll all, we'll all go on a trip if we can travel. It'll be like girls' trip, but more of that grapefruiting. Well, they wouldn't use grapefruit because, you know, sugar and generals don't mix. But you get me. <laughs> Though, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if I get my libido back to pre-Trump mm. levels, so. No. Um, but. I'm going to be the... real excited to, like, hug again. Right. <laughs> I, I think you need to, I think we all need, we'll, we'll all need to reintroduce ourselves to yeah. intimacy. We're, like, touch-starved weirdos. I mean, it's, um. It's going to be a journey per person. Um, and again, do what you need to do to explore it. You can have, we can have hug parties where you have a fuck ticket, but then you just wind up giving the person a hug and they wind up giving you a hug and then everyone's very and satisfied. Sobbing, just deep sob. I mean, there are a lot of hugs that, they, a lot of interactions are very, just a, a lot of very strange now. Um, like basic interactions. Um, uh, I always, whenever I, I lived near, um, Dasha Mitchell and every time I, you know, I've known her for seven years now, I think every time I leave her house, give her a big hug, big old hug every time, seven years, every time. And, um, now like, you know, we all sit outside, you know, we sit up, she has like a little thing set up outside of her house, like to the side in the yard. We sit out there, we talk. And then when I leave, it's just real awkward, like two teenagers. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like, um, okay. And we're just like, yeah, we're just, you know, both looking at the floor. <laughs> kind of hanging around. That would be cool to hug you right now. Yeah, you know. Oh, no. You know, and then, you know, it's just, all right, have a good night. Okay. <laughs> and then you do that. And it's just uh, like, it, things like that. It It is, we will need, that will be a while. And it will be very emotional for us to weave those basic interactions back into uh, our day-to-day. It's even now, like, when I get, uh, I see email sometimes where it's like on Hinge. It's like, hey, blah, 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 liked you. And I'm like in this economy <laughs> fuck you <laughs> not like i haven't opened a dating app in me in like almost two years well like i just because before uh before covid it was um what's the over and under that this clean looking white man that's trying to have sex with me is an out and out racist <laughs> and uh because you give me a proud boy and a hedge fund manager. The only difference is uh, the price of the suit. It's very, like, I just couldn't deal. Uh, so I just was not. And then in COVID America, like, I don't even know you. Do you really think, like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is the point of this? Right. I can sneeze on you and end you, and you think I'm cute enough for that? You have poor judgment, sir. <laughs> and I do know it's only been sirs because my other apps, no ladies have been hitting me up. We're all just as isolated. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how um, dating is gonna gonna be uh, for people who. I would say I excelled at online dating. Um, if I mean, getting dates was it. Um, I would say I did not excel if having good dates is how you want to measure that. Uh, but I do look at people trying to hit me up like, oh, he must be trying to have a ha-ha because this is a joke. Well, I mean, I mean, some people are actively trying to build relationships for the aftertimes so that they are actual, so that they don't have to start from zero. Because I've yeah, heard of people, they are up there. I'm like, not Jane Eyre. Like, I'm not doing that pining bullshit. <laughs> I'm an adult. I don't do that shit. <laughs> Writing a novel. Just another person. Are we going to also... That's some, like, love in the time of cholera bullshit. I mean... I mean, as long as they're Did I not... mention I have intimacy issues? Yeah, you do. <laughs> Because I I said I said someone might just be trying to get to know you really well so they can see you one day and you were like fuck that whole shit you you hit that shit with a baseball bat like it was a pinata shaped like intimacy and you knocked the shit out of it there is no more fucking candy in that fucking intimacy pinata you beat the shit out of it just now so get that shit out of my house get out of here and you threw that shit over the over the fence into the neighbor's yard and they deal with that shit. You don't even want the candy. You just want that shit off the fucking tree and out of your fucking yard. My God. <laughs> I'm I'm working through that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll make progress one day. Hey, listen. We all have to work on our thing. Some people need a hug. Some people need to get laid. Some people need therapy. <laughs> Some people need all three. Some people. <laughs> so... 
It's perfectly fine. We've isolated the issue, which is good. So now once the aftertimes come out, you go, all right, I hate all of you. So I'm going to go right to therapy immediately. I'm just not even going to interact with this bar. I don't care about these people texting me. I don't care about this dating app. I'm going to go right to this therapist because I think every single person is disgusting. And I don't want yeah. anyone to touch me. Like, uh, I, I promised God that if uh, Trump lost, I'd start working out again every day. And I was like, I hope people won't take me doing that as trying to get, get fit for dating because I don't want to. Well, you're getting fit for uh, God. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to do it for at least six months so God doesn't punish me because, uh, you know, how Sky Daddy do. Uh, <laughs> well, but uh, I just I'm like, <sighs> I know it's going to make it look like I'm like trying to be a part of society uh which has shunned me and i have shunned it so i feel like it was mutual and uh i i don't i can't i don't have the energy i don't have uh the 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 wherewithal and spirit i once had that let me deal with the bullshit of others out of all the deals made with the gods in a moment of of, of crisis I would say, please save us all, and I will get a nice, firm, toned ass at some point. Is a really tame one, like in terms of Greek Greek tragedies and all types of other stories where people have made bargains to save their own lives. Like you being like, I'm going to firm my ass for the greater good of the U.S. Republic. Um, great, and I fully support you. Um, uh, really, I just want to get my lungs better in case I do have to go out in the world and get the COVID. Uh, right. So I want to last like at least a week so I get right. my things in order. Exactly. There you go. So it's like it's not even when you see when you see Najela and she's fit and running and doing backflips and throwing <laughs> knives and ha- and axes and stuff. Um, don't talk to her. It's not for you. It's for God. And it's not really even for him. It's just a deal. It was a deal. The reason why you're here and the reason why the race wars are not funded by the president of the United States is because of this. So just just let let Nigella keep working out. Leave leave her be. Don't don't talk to her. It's not it's not for you. Don't. Yeah, I'm don't. thinking of like real unsexy workouts. Like I'm gonna take up roller skating, but I use those like big like Fisher Price roller skates. Maybe. There is no such thing as unsexy enough for a gentleman to not talk to you. And we all know that. And you know that. Yeah, it's true. You, I, your I, workout, your I, workout could involve you eating a squirrel like an apple while lifting while lifting a dumbbell on the other arm. And there would be somebody that would still try to t- try to kick it to you. I like okay. squirrels. I didn't know. I didn't know. I never thought I'd meet someone else who likes squirrels like that. Where are you from? What's your sign? be that uh, eloquent I'll probably just like yo you're a little your self-esteem low enough to fuck me i think it might be <laughs> oh. intimacy is a trap okay uh, i should <laughs> I, I you know what the top of the show i said i don't share a lot of myself and i feel like i i do do a lot of like soul searching on the concast. I mean, it, the, the, the dynamic of the show is that you kind of throw up all of these things that you don't like as par for the course. So we'll like talk about dating and we'll talk about sex and we'll talk about the intersection between that and, you know, the life with the planet that we live on. But for the most part, um, you're tired of all of that shit for valid reasons. 
Yeah. And, you know, to a point, it's, I imagine it's good for other people to hear it because a lot of times we, we, we get gaslit accidentally. Um, your discomfort. And we gaslit ourselves sometimes. Right. Because we're not supposed to be uncomfortable and we're supposed to be comfortable at the moment something good happens. Like the idea, like you ever think about the amount of times another human being will try to do something, a single thing for another human being to cheer, cheer them up. Like think about the premise of that, how common that is, that someone's going to do something for you to cheer you up when you are depressed. It's not really a really reasonable premise. I'm going to give you, essentially, I'm going to give you a baba, an adult baba of some type of situation or some MacGuffin or some meal. And it's supposed to make you feel better. That's n- it's not reasonable. And there's a little bit of gaslight. There's gaslight seasoning on almost all of our interactions if we're not happy. And yeah. so, I think as a society, we decided there are some good feelings and some bad feelings. But if you have the bad feelings, that is means that you yourself are being bad for having bad feelings. Yeah. Not just that you are a person experiencing feelings that are not pleasant. Right. So it's um the idea, exploration that, you know, you might not be it feeling bad isn't bad even if something good is good is happening it's not necessarily going to right the ship 180 degrees it's not going to do a full turn and that's fine yeah. a good thing happened this weekend like i said that we, we are we have changed uh, administrations what that means we don't know um should you be dancing in the street some of us i guess sure um there are a million different things to take into account. If you take into account there th- certain combination of things, you don't like it. You're it's complicated. It is complicated. This whole thing was complicated, like you said earlier in the show. It, yeah. It's exactly that. So any and all like, exploration. I feel like are, people aren't ready for how our society has to change and is going to change, whether we like it or not. Right. Um. Yes. Right. This is um. This this is um part of the revolution is the fact that it's not just it's not just um uh people yelling for human rights, but the actual nature of human interactions will change. Which is why when your black friends look at you crooked as a white person, please understand the election is why they're all looking at you crooked. We yeah. have to profile you now for our And also own can self. I just tell you white people who are listening, um, like you if your black friend is mad at you, know you've already fucked up. Like this isn't the first time because we all we give you at least one or two passes of like minor shit. And if you don't listen to us, then 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 that's why we're not talking to you anymore. Like we gave you the chances, you blew it. Just try to figure out what those other times were when you were just the worst. There's probably like eight white people listening to this. There's probably eight people listening to this. Oh, because we, because not we, because I have not done episodes as often as I was like, and I don't know, maybe because um, Cheeto fascist isn't looming over my head. I'll, I'll be better, hopefully. It's a developing story. That's really the long and short of it. It's a developing story. We are um, rebuilding um, from emotional zero. A lot of us are. I think um, a lot of us are at 
emotional negativity. Right. So <laughs> we are all, you know, there is a there's a certain amount of um, patience that we're requesting. Um, there's a certain amount of our patience that we're offering also, you know, and there's a certain amount of patience that you should give to the people around you. And, you yeah. know, I don't think... I just don't think we have that audience, so I don't think anyone's going to be like, there's no program, you guys suck, and go on a long Twitter rant about how much we suck. Um, there seems to be a amount of grace offered. Yes. So I'm very glad that hasn't happened. Um, not that I could blame you, because a long Twitter rant, like, I, I'm not going to lie, that shit feels good to get it off your chest. It's just like... Oof. you're just clacking and like you're getting that mad as you're typing and your thumbs are going you're just getting it all out there spelling shit wrong you don't even give a crap it's just out there it feels good I, I, I can see why uh, why that was discourse for so many years just people yelling at each other uh, in Twitter bursts but uh, I'm happy it hasn't been directed towards me like, uh, like they used to say every day on Twitter, somebody's the main character and you don't want it to be you. Uh, I would say now uh, each corner of Twitter has a main character every day and you don't want it to be you. No, not at all. Absolutely not something you want. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, Twitter holds some long ass grudges. Um, the anxiety of the pandemic, um, it's made Twitter a very violent beast. It's it, it doesn't know, always like, even the uh, twink from uh, Panning of the Disco. He like can't tweet no more. What happened? He just gets yelled at. Uh, I I really wasn't paying attention, but I think he got accused of trying to kiss somebody who turned out to be like underage or something. Uh, I don't know how, like founded those accusations were and there are other accusations about like who he had as like his security person or who was employed by him who also did some shady shit and his fans were like we want you to make a statement and like he didn't and now he like anytime he tweets or somebody from the band or whatever tweets like they just get yelled at uh just been like that for months oh wow yeah so so I was like, yeah, that, uh, that uh, my famous white guy who I wanted to not disappoint me did, in fact, disappoint me. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I I hoped. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, oh, what ha we've, been, we've been at this for a bit, for a while. I kind of thought there was going to be a short episode and then I just kept going um, probably because I was powered by um, junk food that you said <laughs> right before this episode started. Um, so we should probably wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? Um, eat more fried chicken if you want, guys. You can take that <laughs> however you want. I'm not even going to explain it. This is eat more fried chicken if you want. That is you can even make vegan fried chicken with oyster mushrooms, which is pretty tasty. Right. So that's all I have to add. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for once again inviting me into your ear holes. And I will see you 
next Tuesday.